Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's dig out of that Kyle Pitt-sized hole in your lineup. Next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. I mean, I, I guess you didn't have to start Kyle Pitts, and if you're smart, you didn't. It, I'm, I'm Chris Towers here on FFT and 5 here with Adam Azer. We're going to talk some start-sit calls for Week 10. I'm, I'm just frustrated watching the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday Night Football. It, it's like Marcus Mariota is like a normal bad quarterback. And then when he's throwing to Kyle Pitts, he can't get within 10 yards. It's the damnedest thing. It's been, It was so fr- – like, I, I was just – on full tilt watching this game. I have kept the faith in Kyle Pitts. I still think he's an incredibly talented player, but I mean, you can't start him moving forward if you have anybody viable, right? Uh, I guess not. But at the same time, there there's some encouraging signs for a guy. I'm pretty negative on Kyle Pitts, but I feel like his value is at its absolute lowest right now. And you might want to consider just buying him on the cheap for pennies on the dollar. Because, yeah, like Mariota can't be this bad, right? I mean, he missed him for a 75-yard touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. Missed him wide open on that crosser this week. And uh, Mariota played an awful game. <laughs> the weather could have been a factor for sure. But he just – he he's below-average quarterback who was just miserable today. So, I mean, I feel like Pitts is getting a lot of targets lately. He's getting end zone targets lately. Mm-hmm. Um there are some reasons to think he might be okay going forward. So if someone's about to drop him, maybe, but no, nah, I, I would not want to start Kyle Pitts if I could avoid it. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to this for me, I think is he's in the touchdown or bust range, which means he's probably below Gerald Everett and Greg Dulcich and Pat Fryermuth and Dalton Schultz moving forward. He's definitely below that tier. I think he's probably in the, like, I don't know if you're starting Foster Moreau, you know, I think Kyle Pitts is, is probably ahead of him. I'd rather do that. You know, you're Mike Gesicki's and Jawan Johnson and, and Taysom Hill. Like, I'd still rather roll the dice on Kyle Pitts getting 28% of his team's targets. It's just, God, that was frustrating to watch. But let's talk about something positive. Deontay Foreman, 20, 31 carries, 130 yards and a touchdown in this one. Are we just viewing him as a low-end RB2 moving forward? Or is that underselling him? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, last week he was absolutely terrible. Uh, He had seven carries for 23 yards and two catches for negative two yards. He's not going to give you much in the passing game, so he's going to be a little bit game script dependent. I I think at this point, I'm confident that as long as they can hang around in games, he's going to have a good game. You know, he's going to at least have the opportunity to have a good game, have enough carries. Um, I think there could be some real duds in there, like next week in Baltimore could be a dud. Schedule's okay. I mean, there's not a ton of teams that I think are going to blow them out. Pittsburgh yep. and Detroit aren't going to blow them out. Denver's probably not going to blow them out. So I don't think you have to sell or anything like that. But no, I don't think he's going to be as good as he's been in the two games against Atlanta. I, I think uh, somewhere in the middle, RB2 kind of player uh, is in non-PPR. Maybe more like low-end RB2 in full PPR. But I, that does sound like I'm pretty low on Deontay Foreman. I just I see the trap in there. Uh, I mean, and- look, he, he's a he's a probably a touchdown dependent running back on a bad offense, right? Like that's what it comes down to. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, let's see, over a hundred and yeah, he's over rushed for one hundred and three of the last four. Yeah, so maybe that's a little harsh. Um, but he's just unlike Damian Pierce, he's just not involved in the passing game much yeah. at all. So you just see there there could be some bad weeks if things don't go right for the Panthers. All right, let's move on to some Week Ten start sit calls. Uh, we'll start first. Thursday of practice, no Josh Allen, no Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray was limited, so we could be missing even more quarterbacks. I think Kyler Murray is going to play, but I am really worried about him not running with that hamstring injury. He's pretty mediocre, and that might be generous at this point as a passer this season. But let's let's talk about Justin Herbert against San Francisco. That's a tough matchup, although San Francisco does have a lot of injuries. Are you starting Justin Herbert? He's passed for more than 300 yards on average over his past three games, but just three touchdowns on 151 pass attempts, 6.14 pass uh, yards per attempt in that span. What are you viewing him as? Low-end starter. Very close with him and Garoppolo, but I would take Justin Herbert because Garoppolo's got these two touchdown passes in four straight games, and he's just barely getting you 20, 21 yeah. points. What if against one of the worst defenses in football, Garoppolo only gets you one touchdown pass, then you're in the 15 range. So I'll take Herbert. Um, you know, I, I watched this through. I watched him last week and I know the numbers weren't amazing, but he, he is still, he's still incredible. I mean, nobody's yeah. talking about what's wrong with Justin Herbert. It's just a matter of the weapons. Um, look, I mean, look at the low end starting quarterbacks. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You could start Trevor Lawrence over him. I, I see more upside there, but I wouldn't do it. I, I'd still go with with Herbert. I'm okay. The guys that you picked up along the way that you could start over Herbert would obviously be Fields and Tua. That's an easy call. Geno Smith, I'd start Geno over. Geno Smith, yeah. But not Garoppolo. That's fair. Uh, are we starting Jonathan Taylor this week? It looks like he's going to be back. Deion, Deion Jackson hasn't practiced, but Jonathan Taylor, I believe, was a full participant on Thursday. Looks like he's back, but it's the Colts <laughs> offense. We have no idea what to expect. I'm starting him. You know, he's a number two guy. He's not. He's obviously going to be behind the the Travis Etienne's and Damian Pierce's and Ken Walker's of the world. Those guys have taken overtaken him. I would start Miles Sanders over Jonathan Taylor. But you know, Taylor, it was a little encouraging what he did two weeks ago. He didn't score because Naheem Hines got a touchdown, <laughs> but he got a, a decent amount of work. He ran, you know, pretty effectively. And the Raiders are really beat up at linebacker. They've put Divine Diablo on IR. Blake Martinez played over 90% of the snaps last week and retired this week. Uh, Denzel Perryman is is questionable, but limited in practice. He'll probably play. So, yeah, you know, I think I'm just pretty much going to tell people to start Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I'm sure there will be some, uh, some tough calls, but I think he's a start. Yeah, I'd start him. He's in the Damian Pierce range for me. I, I'd start him over Leonard Fournette. I would start him over... Ezekiel Elliott, I would start him over James Conner. So, yeah, I think he's a a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 for this week. And that's going to do it for FFT and 5. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about some waiver wire stashes for him. We'll be back on Sunday morning with the latest injury news you need to know. We'll see you then. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.